Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jen Amos, and I'm really excited. I already had a great conversation with this person before we started recording. Let me go ahead and introduce him to you. Coach Cam is a servant, sports enthusiast, and social entrepreneur who has spoken more than a thousand times for various sports and philanthropic organizations, including the National Football League, National Basketball League, and Major League Basketball. He is a former Division I football athlete and graduate of the University University of Houston, who transformed his passion for sports into a career serving students as an athletic director and head coach, where he, has rec- where he is recognized as the all-time winningness coach. Coach Cam, welcome to the show. Hey, Jen, thanks for having me. Um, that was such a smooth bio. I, I was able to kind of hold it tight, so I hope <laughs> I did well. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, we were talking offline and, and I could just already tell off the bat how humble you are. Um, despite, I mean, I, I think I think because you're accomplished, you are very humble. And I was joking with you offline that it seems like you have a hard time taking a compliment. Yeah, I, I, I uh, as a kid, so as a kid, um, I'm not sure about you, but like when we had company over, Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mom would be like, come on, do that new dance they're doing. Come on and do it. And it's like, oh, do I have to in front of people? Oh right. God, so that's yeah. kind of how I feel when people read my bio. But oh. I, mean, I do want to say this is part of it. But, you know, yeah. No, thank you for, for being so gracious and having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's part of the service. I, I think it's it's being of service to our listeners and for people that, you know, could benefit from you and what you have to say when we read your bio from the beginning. Um, but I totally get that. I am the worst at receiving compliments and having my bio read. I'm just like, please. I'm just like, I can't believe that's me, you know? <laughs> so I completely <laughs> understand. Um, and it just makes me more intrigued to learn a little bit more about you, coach. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, you have a very uh, uh, impressive background, and yet here you are talking about entrepreneurship. So tell me a little bit about like your professional career and what compelled you to get into entrepreneurship. You know, I feel like I was always called into entrepreneurship and, and I think that, excuse me, I think so much of our educational system, you know, I wouldn't say squelches opportunity, you know, entrepreneurship mindset, but, mm-hmm. you know, the easy way to put it is our, our education system now teaches people how to work at Apple. It doesn't craft the next Steve Jobs. And so I was always an entrepreneur. I mean, from nine years old, tying the lawnmower to the back of my bicycle and cutting grass to mm-hmm. uh, like my very first like official job um, was working at a, a, a grocery store while I was in season playing sports. And mm-hmm. just I've always had the you know desire to create 
you know, I guess commerce and just opportunities. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I enjoyed uh, my time in the corporate space. I think that entrepreneurship is extremely popular now. It's a mm-hmm. sexy, trendy thing to do. And, right. you know, it's not for everyone and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But for those who have an inquisitive mind, those who enjoy learning, um, those who can not take themselves too serious, kind of as you made reference to, and, yes. and most importantly, those who can, fail, I think, gracefully, but then learn from those failures. Mm-hmm. You know, the sky the sky is the limit to 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 make our world a better place through the vehicle of entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I think that's really awesome. And uh I I, I think that some people are born um natural entrepreneurs. I think, and I, just like what you said, I think entrepreneurship, the word itself is, is like really sexy and trendy nowadays. But I think what really, what, um, what, it, what entrepreneurship really represents is, um, a sense of control or a sense, uh, or maybe like a, a desire to create uh, something that's not there. Um, or really just to, um, Experiment. I think I think entrepreneurship is a lot of experimentation and failing forward um, and everything. And so, would you say that um, that's how you uh, see entrepreneurship as well? Yeah, I think that entrepreneurship really, you know, rests in the failure. I mean, the failure, and a lot of this comes from my sports background. But you know, the failure really is where the where the pearl is. That's where the lesson is. And so, mm-hmm. not only you know what didn't work last time, but you know, the path that maybe you closed prematurely, the path that you should have closed, you know, a while back, Mm -hmm. but just understanding that there are so many failures in entrepreneurship and in life Mm -hmm. that if you steamroll past them, that you're really cutting yourself short. You need to sit in your failure Mm -hmm. and learn from it and just, you know, to be able to, to design a better opportunity moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we mentioned in your bio, you were a former Division One football athlete, and I'm curious if um, what you have experienced then um, can translate to entrepreneurship. Uh, well, a lot of it. So, what my mm-hmm. bio doesn't say is is I was on a, a University of Houston team that went zero and eleven. We lost every single game. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, it, it is. It is. Laughable, <laughs> um, but you know, I learned from that season what absolute dedication and sellout commitment looks like. Mm. Um, but more importantly, what I learned was you know, failure doesn't define who you are, right? Mm. And so, ironically, if you look back on that coaching staff, we had the who's who of coaching, right? So, we mm-hmm. had uh, you know, my position coach Clancy Barone, he's now uh coaching for the Chicago Bears. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos a couple of years ago. Yeah. Dave Warner was our quarterback coach. He's been the offensive coordinator at Michigan State for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just a list of guys who were just highly successful later on in their career mm-hmm. who were really assembled by a visionary head coach. And, you know, just the, everything didn't work out from an X no standpoint on the field. Mm-hmm. But you can't always define your wins and losses by what the scoreboard says. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful and um, a good lesson to share because I think from the uh, from the surface, from maybe a, a regular sports fan um, or maybe the the bandwagoners, like they're always trying to find the winning team. They're always looking for the ones like, oh, they did it, they're perfect, and blah 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 blah. But you know that discounts um, 
the experience and the lessons that you really learn in failing and, and really the loyalty and the dedication and the commitment to, um, you know, keep putting on a good show, I think, I think with football. So um, it's, it's very interesting. And um, I appreciate you sharing that because like, as you mentioned, it was not in your bio. And I think it's important for people to know that even though you have um, a, a very co wonderful, colorful, decorated resume to know that you are not um, a stranger to failure. Yeah, you know, I think that not only that, but you begin to fall in love with the curiosity uh, of the failure, right? And so as mm -hmm. you see things, uh, mm. you know, going south and maybe not going in the direction you, you know, you want to see it go, mm -hmm. you know, to abort or to exit is, you know, that's, that's being the bandwagon, right? But sitting yeah. in it and seeing, okay, this isn't going the direction I want it to go. And we're going, we're going to go there. We're going to fail. This is not going to work, you know. I think the biggest part of it is how do you rebuild? And so, mm -hmm. you know, in the coaching space, they say great coaches are made in the second half. Mm -hmm. And that's because you make halftime adjustments. And so, you know, you can be losing on a scoreboard at halftime. It doesn't mean you're out of the game. You mm -hmm. just have to adjust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've really enjoyed speaking with you so far, coach. And as I, as I also mentioned in your bio, you have uh, spoken for more than a thousand times, um, in various uh, organizations and, um, I, you have to love speaking in order to speak that many times. So tell me, what is it about speaking that really fires you up? You know, what I'll say is this, the first time that I read or saw that, like the first or second biggest fear of people is public speaking. Mm. Um, I, I didn't get it, but I think that in life you have, you know, natural gifts and then you have developed talents. Mm. And so I think for most people speaking is a talent that they develop and it's just one of my gifts. I, I enjoy doing it. I, I never, you know, truly I've had stage fright maybe twice. Mm. The first time was uh, having to speak in front of a packed house of about 2000 of my coaching peers and colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just more of, you know, the fright of speaking peer to peer. Right. Mm -hmm. But most times you speak, you're speaking to strangers or folks that, you know, you don't know as intimately as, as in that situation. Um, and then the second time was uh, <laughs> I spoke in front of 6,000 high school freshmen. Wow. Um, and my concern there was, you know, can I have a 20 minute conversation without a freshman doing what freshmen typically do? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so both times, you know, it is less about the number of people or the prestige of the people or anything like that, but just being true to your gift. And I think that, you know, when it comes to the entrepreneurial space, mm -hmm. you do have almost a, a anchor or like a handcuffed obligation to mm -hmm. work through, you know, your setbacks and fears when you're working in your gift. And so you take someone who maybe, um, you know, is really big into grammar, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you create a, a SaaS business or a software as a service and, you know, you, you've got an agency where, you know, you help people like me who, you know, maybe aren't the most grammatically perfect, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you owe it to me and, you know, the universe, but your community to mm -hmm. do what you do, your natural gift well, because I need it. Like I need your help. I need your resource. And so with that yeah. being said, it's the same thing for me with speaking. It's just, you know, a gift that I have that, that I do feel obligated to share. I really appreciate you uh, sharing that coach because um, I have been um, in the entrepreneurial space for about a decade now. And um, I think very often we start off by 
doing it because we love it and we're passionate about it. And if you ask me today, if I love what I do, I, I have to honestly tell you, I was like, I mean, like, yeah, but like, not really. And, and, it, but it's more than that. It, it's to me, it has become a sense of uh, what you said. I, I, I tell myself nowadays, like, you know, this is, this is a responsibility now. Like this, like I am committed to helping people in this kind of way, because for whatever reason, I have the gifts, I have the talent, I have the commitment to, you know, serve in this way and help people in this way. And so whether I like it or not, doesn't really matter. It's more of like this to me, it's like, I have to do this. It's, it's just this deep desire to know that, you know, who I am, all that I have, am, what I have can help people. And so that's what keeps me going despite how I feel. And I'm curious if, if um, maybe you feel a similar way. You know, I, I do and I have, but I think that there's something between, and you mentioned the 10 years, mm-hmm. there's something between the eclipse of those 10,000 hours that you hear about, you know, mm. to get to mastery that your mindset, your mindset shifts. And the second thing is, and this is relatively recent to me in the last 18 months, I'd say, mm-hmm. is I began studying Stoicism. And, you know, Stoicism in a nutshell, so the word Stoic in our culture does not necessarily accurately represent what Stoicism is. Mm-hmm. And so Stoicism isn't, you know, glass half empty pessimism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, uh, it's, an engagement deep enough to identify your emotions, mm-hmm. which then allow you to remove your emotions to make logical decisions. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so, you, so you think about it for a second, you go to the grocery store and uh, there's a 10, 10, 10 special in like yellow writing. And then there's like a three for five in mm-hmm. like red writing, you know, as logical as I think that I'm making the decision for what I need based on, you know, the cost or, you know, what, what, you know, my family life, whatever, that's an emotional decision. Mm. And so being able to take the emotion off of it and then sit and say, okay, so the, the red, you know, signs caught my eye first, but wait, let me sit and compare. Like, are the ounces the same or is, mm. it, is there a restriction on flavor or, you know, like what is the best logical choice for me? Mm-hmm. That's what you just described is, you know, yes, I have this skill set and, and that does give me passion and pleasure and, and joy, but more than that, I do have an obligation to, you know, to the ecosystem mm-hmm. to share my gift and share my craft. And that's not always fun. It's not always sexy, but right. it's what I'm burdened to do. And if we all, you know, from a holistic standpoint, have that approach, you know, that's how we get to that, to that next level of, of, of a future living. Yeah. I feel like you explained that way more eloquently than I did. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And sto- sto- stoicism, stoicism, I, yeah, stoicism, I, yeah. I'm going to have to like look into that more now. Cause I obviously, I know the word, I just never really looked at it at that perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, so I, I will share this. And so I, I had the chance to interview. So I wrote my first book last year, uh, Alpha cool. Redefined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And so I had a chance to interview Pastor Ralph Douglas West and in our conversation, he began to share with me what stoicism is and kind of mm. led me down that path. But, you know, the first thing I say is, um, you know, I say start with Marcus Aurelius's journals on Stoicism, which is mm-hmm. a good place to start. Uh, it's written in like old, like Hebrew language, right? So it's not or not Hebrew, but old timey kind of you know like a man shall think it kind of like language. Mm-hmm. There's two books I recommend to you. Uh, both are written by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. One is called uh, "The Ego Is an Enemy." Mm. And that book kind of sits and talks about understanding, you know, where your ego is and being able to, again, detach. Do I want to get to 
10,000 followers because that's the next step in, you know, the leverage of success and being able to, you know, like climb Mm -hmm. or is 10,000 followers, my ego saying that this is, you know, a benchmark or a milestone that makes me feel good. Mm. Um, The second book is The Obstacle is the Way. And that kind of talks Mm. more of what you were saying of, you know, the the things that I don't want to do in business, the things that I try to avoid, that I try to outsource and, you know, things I skip around nine times out of 10, like the one thing holding you back from the next level of success is that one thing that you've been avoiding. So, so, you know, as a guy who goes to the gym and works out, Mm -hmm. it's the guy who's jacked and buff from the upper body, but his legs look like little, you know, toothpicks (laughs) because he doesn't do lower body. And it's like, yes, you have a great upper physique, but if you're working to build a great body, the obstacles away, like do some squats, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the pandemic right now, people can get away with that. Like they can get away with just like a good, like upper body just because everyone's like doing video. And just wear sweats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But no, I I totally, um, I I appreciate you really elaborating that. And I even uh, took notes of those books. I have, I get like audible credits every month. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, figure out what's the next book I'm going to read. And and those sound really good. I've got a book list I'll share with you. So uh, yes. I, I enjoy, I love reading. Um, mm-hmm. My goal this year is to read 52 books and, and I'm, I'm on track. I'm about a week off. Like you said, due to COVID, you know, it kind of got behind, but yeah. I'll share with you my book list of the books I read in 2019 and what I have you know, kind of printed out through 2020 to share with you and your readers if it's a resource. Yeah, absolutely. We, I'm sure we would really, really absolutely appreciate that. Uh, Coach, wow, we've had such an incredible conversation so far. Um, I do want to share, I do want you to elaborate a little bit more about maybe some, um, you know, wisdom to share with our business owners and entrepreneurs listening to this. And I have here in my notes that you want to encourage people to uh, be the best version of themselves. So can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I I think kind of as early in our conversation, we do, this pandemic has taught us really what you started with is like the simplest things are Mm -hmm. the most valuable, the most appreciated. And, you know, what I've certainly experienced in my life is, you know, the word community means more now than it ever has. Absolutely. So, you know, being the best version of yourself means, you know, bringing all those gifts and talents that you have to the table. And if we all pour everything we have on the table, you know, out, there's more than enough for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really to me, it starts with winning the first quarter of your day and waking Mm. up. So for me, I'm a early riser and just, you know, leveraging everything you can to start your day, to -hmm. make sure that you hedge your success um, and you're not, you know, the, the setbacks and the emails and the, the proposals that don't go through and all those things that happen in life, mm-hmm. you know, those become less important as you begin to build the success to start your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I am working on being a morning person. Let me tell you, uh, in this pandemic, I've been very ambitious about it. I've been trying to like set my alarm an hour before, like I think every week or so. I'm really bad at it. I'm like truly a night owl. But I'm telling you, like coach, I think you're so right about like getting the first part of your day right because I have found to be more productive in the recent weeks. Like even though it's a pandemic and I could technically sleep in and, and everything, I have found like I have done accomplished so much um, in the day already. And I feel, I feel fulfilled. I feel satisfied. I feel like I'm, you know, uh, providing and, and adding to the ecosystem um, just by waking up early. So I really appreciate you touching upon that because um, I, I have taken that for granted for a very long time. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing, and I, I think the blessing in COVID is, you know, we're on the same playing field, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. as a speaker, you know, whoever you deem number, you know, Tony Robbins or Gary, whoever your guy is, mm-hmm. I've got the same 24 hours as that guy. Mm-hmm. And so when it becomes, again, as, as an athlete, as a competitor is, if, you know, if I've got the same 24 hours and yes, maybe he has more resources, a, high, a staff, whatever. But if we're both locked in the house for the same amount of time, mm-hmm. then it's really me versus you. So what can mm. we create? What can we give to the world that, create, that creates a value, me versus you? And so ironically enough, you know, I think COVID has definitely knocked people's calendars off. It, it becomes hard. Like, was that 2019? Was that the beginning of 2020, 2018? <laughs> right? And so you kind of, for me, I flash back and it's like, wow, I wrote that book less than a year ago. So yeah. within a year, yeah. you know, I, I wrote a book, the course, obviously win the first quarter of every day. I created a, a digital magazine crown of glory, which is kind of just a passion project for me just to Very you know, cool. kind of get my creative thing out. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I did all this in a year. Like, mm. you know, the opportunity, I guess what I'm saying is you're absolutely right. If you are able to win the first quarter every day and kind of leverage success and set a framework up, you know, you're able to do so many things. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today and just having a good conversation with you. Um, I know, I know I, I pulled out a lot of knowledge and tips and wisdom from you already, but is there one more thing you want to share to the entrepreneurs and business owners listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur? You know, the last thing I say is, is, is be honest with yourself, with your craft, be honest with your skill set and your gift mm-hmm. and find a way to hone the things that you're amazing at because we all need it. All right. Awesome. Uh, Once again, Coach Cam, it was such a pleasure having you. To our listeners, if you want to uh, reach out to him, learn more about his projects um, and what he's up to and follow him in his speaking engagements, you can check out his website, coachcamcourses.com. Coach Cam, thanks again. It was a pleasure having you. Jane, it was an honor. Thanks for, for the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.